أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد باب فضل الصلوات قال الله تعالى إن الصلاة تنهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر it's a chapter regarding the virtue of the prayer of the Salat. Like we mentioned from before, the Salat is the highest and most powerful of the Urad that the Prophet ﷺ gave to uh, uh, the Ummah of Islam uh, in their spiritual progress uh, and in their traveling the path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the spiritual path. Uh, and Allah Most High says, indeed the Salat will stop or prohibit a person from indecency and from sin. Fahsha is that, that act that uh, uh, is ugly, that there's, it's shameful that a person would wish to uh, hide from and uh, a normal person would feel shame from. And so the, 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 the fawahish uh, uh, of, the, uh, of, of the deed are uh, those things that are oftentimes... Uh, involves some sort of sexual perversity. And the fawahish of speech uh, are those sins in which bad or uh, uh, um, excessive speech is involved. Someone who is fahish in their speech, fahish is, is, has a, a meaning that uh, um, involves going beyond like some sort of natural normal limit in something. Uh, so uh, Allah Ta'ala says that uh, the salat stops a person from this excessiveness and from uh, uh, munkar, munkarat or the other, uh, the other infractions of sharia that are normal sins, uh, that are lapses in a person's uh, upright and moral character and conduct. And so there's a hadith uh, 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 of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that malam tanha salatuhu that that person that their salat doesn't stop them or slow them down from uh, uh, from from indecency and from sin uh, that salat it doesn't increase a person uh, 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 in their relationship from Allah Ta'ala except for in distance that that salat actually distances a person from from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala which means what the salat in and of itself is not going to do anything until and unless you allow it to help do something for you. You have to work on it. You yourself have to think about uh, and focus on your salat and your khushu' and your humility in front of Allah Ta'ala and what your, what your uh, relationship is with Allah Ta'ala. You have to feel regret uh, for your sins. You have to put in front of you the greatness of Allah Ta'ala when you're praying. Uh, and then and then that that uh, that salat will be of benefit to you and that salat in which a person is only heedless uh, without even trying that salat only pushes a person away from Allah Ta'ala uh, which is a very grave and uh, serious uh, um, uh, very grave and serious disclosure from the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam because many people don't think too much about what they're doing in their salat but on the flip side uh, for those who are trying uh, they may be caught in some sort of uh, middle, uh, in some sort of middle space where they're praying and they're trying, but they're still not able to, or they still haven't been successful in giving up their their sins and their indecencies, and uh, 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 the uh, 
uh, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his Mubarak words in regards to that person. Wafil hadithi qila lahu alayhi salatu wa salam, inna fulanan yusalli layla fa idha asbaha saraka, qala sayanhahu ma taqul. That uh, it was said to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that so and so he prays at night. Uh, and then when he wakes up in the morning or when the morning comes, uh, he steals. Uh, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, the thing that you mentioned will prohibit him. Uh, and so this can mean either way. Without further looking at the commentaries, this could mean either way. Both meanings are valid. That either if he keeps stealing, one day it will stop him from saying the prayer. Or if he keeps saying the prayer, one day it will stop him from stealing. And the difference between the two of them is very subtle. The person who hates the stealing and uh, 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 loves the prayer and works on the prayer, one day he'll give up his stealing. And the person who loves the stealing and hates the prayer and is only you know, doing it because of some other reason, that day one day his theft is going to stop him from praying. Uh, and so the choice is not anybody else's, but it's yours. A lot of people are stuck in a lot of difficulty and they uh, don't own up or take responsibility for, for their situation. And uh, that's, really, that's really problematic. So we know we know as a matter of we know as a matter of aqidah that uh, Allah Taala He has written a fate for everybody. He's divinely predestined things. His knowledge pervades all things. He knew everything that was going to happen before it happened. His desire is the reason that you and I have a desire, and what our desire is is in accordance to what His desire for us was. So we know all of these things, but then also we know uh, from ourselves that. Uh, we have our own desires, we have our own choices that we make in life, and generally there's some connection between the choices that we wish for and the, the things, the outcomes that happen. And both of those realities are true at the same time. And uh, there are many people who uh, like throw everything on Allah Ta'ala, um, that, oh, well, it's his choice anyway. Well, what if it's his choice that you go to Jahannam? You know, is that something you're happy with? And if you're indifferent or you're happy, then that's a sign that you know, that may be where a person is ending, going to end up. And if you're not happy with that, uh, and if that doesn't please you, uh, then, and you ask Allah Ta'ala to make that not your ending, then maybe you were predestined to go to Jannah. You let the Allah Ta'ala do the Allah Ta'ala part, you do your part. Your judgment is not going to based on his, be based on His knowledge, it's going to be based on yours. It's not going to be based on His desire. He's not going to judge you based on His desire, He's going to judge you based on yours he's not going to judge you based on his choices he's going to judge you based on yours so let him keep being allah and you keep making the the the, the choices that that you need to make at any rate bringing the this back to the relevance of the salat the salat will benefit you as long as you keep uh, uh pushing it uh, uh and keep desiring for it to benefit you in these ways and uh, it doesn't have to be something happens one day there are people who've been praying salat for their entire lives and uh, uh, uh i remember there was a a, a uh, a Turkish sister who uh, went to uh, u- the University of Washington. She's a PhD student in some some one of the humanities or whatever. So she said, my father was a great mullah. And I remember some of the things he used to say. He says, I only prayed namaz in my life uh, once or twice. Meaning what? That he felt like, you know, he everything was practice, practice, practice. And th- what it should have been, it was only once or twice. The fact of the matter is that's all you need. That's all you need. A person, imagine like this is a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, right? About the, the veterans of the Battle of Badr, that what do you know about the people uh, who showed up at, on the day of Badr? That Allah Ta'ala didn't look inside of their hearts and say to them, after this day, do whatever you wish to, you're forgiven. 
there were undoubtedly many of the Sahaba who already reached that mark before even the battle began. That's all it is. In some cases, it's just one act a person does because of which they're forgiven, because of which the seal of Allah Ta'ala's rida, His pleasure with them is cast on them. And then everything that they do good after that day is just nurun ala nur, and everything that they do after that day uh, uh, that's bad, Allah Ta'ala will forgive them because He chooses to forgive them. Now, obviously through wahi, we know about the Sahaba, certain ones amongst them that reach that maqam. It doesn't mean just because they're gone that there's no one anymore. Rather, uh, uh, we don't know through wahi, so those people are there, but sometimes we don't know who they are. Sometimes they themselves don't know who they are. Sometimes the people know who they are, but they don't know themselves. Sometimes the, the, they know who they are, but nobody else knows. Sometimes everyone knows and they know themselves. And sometimes Allah Ta'ala keeps that person as a secret for themselves. That that person's state is so beloved to Allah, if it was to be divulged, it would have been like, imagine like a person, shameless person, uh, 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 you, know, uh, to, you know, takes the picture of their uh, bride on their wedding night that's all made up and everything. She was, her beauty was only supposed to be for her groom, and he takes a picture and puts it up on, the, on Facebook or whatever, which unfortunately is a really silly thing people do nowadays. But at any rate, some, some, some people, their beauty is such a secret that Allah Ta'ala will not spoil it by showing the people or by showing them, them themselves, their own nafs. Rather, that beauty is saved so that it can be intact on the Day of Judgment and that person can have the maqam that they want. But these things, they still happen. They still happen. There are, our history is replete with people. They'll see dreams and isharat in which Allah Ta'ala will uh, convey either to the people or to them themselves their, their, uh, 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 their, their maqam, their station. These things happen. The point is, is th- th- that I'm trying to make is that uh, whether it happened with a particular individual or not, Allah knows best, right? But it does happen, and uh, uh, it's uh, one of those things that we should all uh, shoot for, aim for. Uh, and so, sayanhahuma uh, taqulu that if you say he prays, it will stop him from his theft, or if you say he steals, it will stop him from the prayer. One or the other. It's a, it's at the end of the day, there's a very subtle difference between the two of them, and it's a secret between the slave and between Allah Taala. Nobody knows, and nobody has a choice in that, except for that choice is like a rope. One hand of it, one end of it is in your hand, and one end of it is in Allah's hand. Obviously, if he pulls it out of your hand, you don't have enough strength to keep it in your hand. Whereas, uh, 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 you know, on the, on the flip side, uh, Allah Ta'ala, uh, uh, you know, if he gives it to you, it's yours. But you have to want it as well. This is the, the system Allah has made. That you, 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 you know, generally, if you want it, that those are the people who get it. There are very rare exceptions where a person doesn't want it and he gives it to them anyway, or someone wants it really badly and they don't get it. But uh, the, the weak mind focuses on the exception. The strong mind understands the rule. And so the rule is what is that you have to you have to want it, uh, and that's what you have to see in your salat that every day the salat that you are given is an honor from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Uh, it comes in the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This is salat the five times daily prayer was given to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Do you know when? In the Mi'raj when the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was raised up to Jannah, and Allah Taala uh, uh, gave to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that uh, uh, that maqam. And that station that no one ever else, no one else was ever given. So the poet says about Musa salam that Musa was Musa because he tried to see Allah Taala and it changed his life forever. Imagine what was his life from before and what did it turn into afterward. So then imagine what's the maqam of the one who actually saw Allah Taala. Ma al fuadu ma that the heart didn't uh, uh, lie about the thing that it saw. So Allah Ta'ala in that one moment of qurb, in that one moment of the divine proximity in a station that even the angels weren't given before, what was given to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? It was the Salat 
and the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he, uh, uh, um, his conversation with Allah Ta'ala at that, at that time, um, the ulama say that, that, that this is a good possibility, that this is what the, the tahiyya, the tashahud is. At-tahiyyatu lillah, zakiyatu lillah, tayyibatu salawatu lillah, right? Tahiyya means an Arabic greeting. And so we don't say tahiyyatu alaykum, we say assalamu alaykum. Why? Because salam is, you know, if you say greetings, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's greetings, but it doesn't have any deeper meaning. Uh, uh, we say salam because salam is one of the names of Allah Ta'ala. Salam is wholeness, safety, security, peace from, from, from difficulty or from, from violation. Uh, whereas if a person is going to greet Allah Ta'ala, then you're not going to say assalamu alaykum to the one who himself is a salam. So uh, the, the, the hikayah is according to this explanation that at-tahiyyatu lillah is the greet that the Rasul Sallallahu said greeting to Allah Ta'ala al-zakiyyatu lillah tayyibatu salawatu lillah that all, uh, all uh, uh, pure things and all uh, good things and, and uh, uh, all uh, prayers uh, are directed toward Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and then Allah Ta'ala responds, As-salamu alayka ayyuhan wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace be upon you, O Prophet. And the mercy of Allah Ta'ala and His blessings. And the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, this is one of the signs of His being the Rahmah Lil-Alameen and being a person of good conduct and good character and a good human being on top of being the most excellent of messengers, Alayhi Salatu Wasallam, is that he didn't leave his homies behind, right? People, old people, even children, you know, from, 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 but like raised properly. They know if someone, like if someone were to give one of the kids like a, a, a candy, they would either take it home and split it with their brothers and sisters, or they would say like, you know, if I can't get one for all of my siblings, I'm not going to take one myself. Uh, whereas now kids, they're smart. They know how to quote unquote smart. They kind of know how to hide and eat it so that the others don't get jealous or whatever, right? That's not, that's not good character. Rasulullah what did he imagine? Allah Ta'ala said to him, As-salamu alayka ayyuhu nabiyu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu, right? That's like better than any candy that Allah Ta'ala, if Allah Ta'ala says As-salamu alayka, that, does that mean you're going to ever go to Jahannam? No, because he's not going to say something good to you and then throw you in the hellfire. It's his choice. We say assalamu alaikum to people who knows where they're going to end up, right? Uh, but uh, we say assalamu alaikum to one another and who knows who's going to end up where because it's not our choice. Whereas uh, uh, Allah Ta'ala Himself, He says assalamu alaikum to you, then what's going to happen? Are you going to go to Jahannam? Absolutely not. So He says to him, assalamu alaikum, ayyuhu nabi wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. What did the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, according to this explanation, reply? As-salamu alayna, peace be upon not just me, upon us. Wa ala ibadillah salihin. Who is the us here? It's the entire ummah. And who is ala ibadillah salihin? It's every person who believes in the deen from the, from the time of the Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam until the uh, Yawm al-Qiyamah. And then it says, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lahu. I bear witness that there is no God except for Allah alone and without any partner. Uh, and that Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is his servant and messenger. Uh, and so people actually ask strange questions. They're like, did the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi actually say all those things about himself in the third person? Allah knows best. Maybe he did. Maybe he said it in the first person. Maybe he said it in the third person. One thing a person should remember is that even Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, him being, believing in himself being a prophet was 
also wajib on him. It was also a pillar of his iman as well. And it's really interesting. Allah alam, Allah knows best. But uh, it's possible that that uh, according to the, the some of the way that he reacted to first receiving the wahi, that his own humility it was like awkward for for his own humility for him to, uh, you know, uh, for him to operate being the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And that's something we mentioned last time as well, right? That the, the, the Prophet ﷺ said that there's a maqam in Jannah known as the, the wasila. That there's a station in Jannah that is called the wasila. And uh, uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not there for anybody except for one of Allah's uh, uh, slaves. And I hope that it's me. And whoever asks for the me, asks Allah for the wasila for me, Allah Ta'ala will allow me to uh, uh, intercede on that person's behalf. So that shows what that's not. It's not normal for him even to say all these things. That he, there's a hadith Anna Sayyidu Wuldi Adam Wala Fakhar. I am the, the 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 leader or the foremost from the the progeny of Sayyidina Adam Alaihissalam, and I don't consider this to be a boast. I'm not saying it to boast. Rather, these are, these are, these, this is like ma'ana min ma'ani al-wahi wa ma'ani al-mujaba tablighuhu that those, those, those meanings and realities that are conveyed to him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by uh, uh, revelation and that are uh, uh, Allah Ta'ala made wajib obligatory on him to uh, uh, convey them. Allah, there's so many things in the Qur'an. If you look at the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he never used to talk like that. Right, فَكَّرَ فَقَدَّرَ فَقُتِلَ كَيْفَ قَدَّرَ ثُمَّ قُتِلَ كَيْفَ قَدَّرَ Like literally Allah Ta'ala is like mocking people. Rasulullah never spoke like that. They're really حَسْبُهُ jahannam, etc. That type of harshness, for those of you who know the Arabic language, that type of harshness is not there in, in the prophetic speech. It's so different. It's a, a completely different model. And the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu he himself, it was difficult. It was difficult not in the sense that he struggled with whether he was going to do it or not. He always knew what his job was and he did it. But sometimes you know what your job is and you do it, but it's also not an easy thing to do. You know, it was difficult for him uh, for him to do that. So at any rate, the the uh, coming back to this, uh, 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 the the so the tashahud, you know, Allah Taala he also obliged the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to believe in the things that we're also obliged to believe in. So I don't find it far fetched that even he, if he had to say those things in his own salat, his own prayers, send salat and salam on him. Uh, that's also a, 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 a way for him to receive the qurb of Allah Ta'ala as well, just like it works for us. And he probably, uh, in fact, he definitely did it better than us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the, 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 that, in that occasion of the mi'raj, the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that's when he received the prayer. And so there's a, 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 a narration about uh, Sayyidina Musa salam asked Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what did Allah give you? And he said he gave 50 prayers. He said, look, I've been in this ummah business, you know, from before you were born. It's not easy. They don't listen. And if Allah made something obligatory on them and they don't fulfill it, they're all, you know, going to get punished for it. So go back, ask Allah Ta'ala to, you know, to, to lighten their, their load for their own good. So the Prophet this is good advice. He took that advice, went to back to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala reduced it. And then the same thing again and again and again until he got down to five prayers. And still Sayyidina Musa salam said to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what, that they're still not, you know, they're still not going to do it. Uh, which is kind of unfortunately, it's sad, but now we live in a time that that's, 
that's very true. We see that people will will destroy the prayer. They'll skip the prayer uh, uh, all the time, and that's not. I don't think that's a normal situation for uh, for large swaths of the ummah throughout large swaths of its history. So, Muhyiddin Ibn Arabi, Sheikh Al Akbar, he mentions about how he was not a pious man in his youth, and uh, 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 his like lack of piety was what when he's out up all night basically partying with his buddies uh, um, they would go to the masjid he says I was such an impious person that the imam for fajr would start reading some long surah and I would just think to myself man I wish he would just read and like and just get the salat over with you know meaning what even if he was out partying with his like friends as like a young man um, it didn't occur to them like that they would skip the salat in the, in the masjid you know because that would just be dumb. Why would you want to cut off your, your ties with Allah Ta'ala? So it doesn't mean that people in the past were, 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 were sinless or were even uh, particularly pious people. But they had a type of common sense about them that's gone now. That seems not to be so common anymore. Which is what, you, you know, no matter what you do, it was just stupid for a person to cut their ties off to Allah Ta'ala. Uh, uh, and uh, you see that. Like, for example, you go to Hajj. Okay. Anyone here been to Hajj before? Right. When you go to Hajj, you see the the a, a relatively pious cross section of the Ummah, but it's still a cross section of the Ummah. So whatever problems the Ummah has, everyone in Hajj has those problems. Whatever issues the Ummah has, everyone in Hajj has those issues. You know, so you'll see people doing some. You know, pardon pardon my saying, you see some people doing some pretty dumb things in Hajj. Uh, I'm not saying that about everybody. And even those who are doing dumb things, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala accepts from them and, and uh, uh, forgives them. But uh, um, that doesn't make dumb things not dumb. <laughs> so <laughs> people will be cutting, people will be jacking stuff, people will be, you know, uh, the, the people will like stone on the first day of, uh, of Arafat. And the first thing they'll do is like cut their beard off as if like it's some sort of curse or whatever. And, you know, they'll be ha and high-fiving each other, you know, clean shaven coming out of the, it's like the sunnah of the Prophet So I'm like, you don't have to, even if you want to shave it, you don't have to be so excited about that, you know, like. At least while you're on Hajj, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like you see people, you're like, yeah, the, the Ummah has their issues. It's not because like, you know, because of like science and technology or any of these other things. The issues the Ummah has, you can see is very clear. Like they have issues for certain bad habits that they have that have nothing to do with like, uh, you know, anything with regards to the deen. But uh, the, 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 the point is, is this, is that... Uh, if you want to make tawaf, you want to make tawaf close to the Kaaba. If you want to uh, go to the mataf when it's not crowded. If you want to, you know, touching the black stone is difficult, but at least get get to the multazam or to the whatever. Um, what's a good time to go? Go in one, at one in the morning. Why? Because no one's there. And so oftentimes American groups will be like, yeah, let's just go at one in the morning. Why? The reason it's crowded during the day is because people are there for the five daily salawat. And our people are, are so accustomed to not praying the five daily prayers in congregation. It doesn't occur to us that you'll get more reward for praying your five daily prayers in the congregation than you will for the novelty of being able to enter the hijr or touch the walls of the Kaaba or touch the Rukan Yamani or touch the, the door or the Multazam or the black stone or any of these things. Um, it's a kind of common sense. It's almost kind of like left us. 
and forget about you know forget about the, I'm talking about just praying five times a day. Then forget about praying in the congregation, which has almost become like folklore uh, to the community of Muslims in America, except for like a very hard fringe fundamentalist like you know a uh, 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 group of people that everybody else considers to be crazy. But uh, you know. Some 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 types of crazy are not so bad uh, once you once you t- taste them. So the Prophet he got good advice from Sayyidina Musa He said that they're not gonna they're still not gonna all do it. And so the uh, 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 at that point he tells them go back to Allah Taala and ask him for for uh, more lightning, uh, uh, lightening the load more further. And so uh, at that time the Wahi of Allah Taala comes to both of them that uh, Allah Taala says that la tubaddalul qawlu ladayya. That when I give a commandment, it doesn't change, it's immutable, which is part of our part of our aqidah that Allah Ta'ala is not subject to time and space. And he says that Latubaddalul Qawlu Ladiya, that when I give a command, it's immutable, it doesn't change. And he said that I'm the one who decreed that every good deed will be rewarded ten times its worth. And so when I said 50 prayers, uh, uh, I, I meant that these five prayers that you were going to end up with. That these are the they're going to they're going to be the in the station of fifty prayers with me, and so whoever whoever uh, prays them then X Y Z I'll give to them, uh, and all of the the uh, many of the benefits were then mentioned in that hadith. But the point is is this is that that thing that Rasul sallallahu received in his mi'raj at the time of the the, the greatest qurb to Allah Taala. Obviously, it's going to be important. But what are we excited about? We're not excited about the salat. We're not excited about making wulu. We're not excited about the adhan. We'll get excited about hajj and then we'll say, which like hotel are you staying at? Which group are you going with? Is it the VIP package or the VVIP package? Those people may be like, you know, uh, to Allah Ta'ala, you know, he may buy and sell those people like for a dime for the ton uh, compared to some of the people who are not important in the eyes of the people, but they're important in the eyes of Allah Ta'ala. What do we get excited about, Right. So there's this whole controversy with regards to the celebration of the Mawlid of the Prophet ﷺ. Is it a bid'ah or not? But even you know, without talking about the fiqh issue, like if you're more excited about it than you are about any of the other things that are actually legislated by the Prophet ﷺ, you look forward to going to like like a Mawlid party more than you look forward to uh, more than you look forward to any of the salawat, much less the the uh, the the Friday prayer or something like that. And something is out of place. Uh, uh, those things, they're fine. I mean, I personally and uh, I personally and the the, the fuqaha of the madhab I follow, uh, 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 and and those of the Hanafi madhab that, that I studied uh, under the mashayikh of the Hanafi madhab as well, the muhakkikin consider the celebration of the Prophet's birthday on any specific day or month of the year. They considered it to be a, a bid'ah. Uh, the only day that is mahsus from the nusus that, 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 that's specified for the celebration of Rasulullah wasallam's birthday is, uh, uh, is, is Monday, so that a person should fast on Mondays, that Rasulullah was born on a Monday. Sayyidina uh, uh, Rasulullah mentions that Abu Jahl himself will receive a break in the fire for, because he freed a slave girl on Monday in, in celebration of his birth when he saw how happy his father was. Abdul Muttalib was, was for the birth of Rasulullah because of that even Abu Lahab sorry not Abu Jahl Abu Lahab will receive a, a like a discount from his punishment on the, for, in the hellfire on Mondays because of that uh, so that's fine celebrate the Mullah every day of the year and uh, uh, inshallah I'll come and celebrate with you as well but the point is is that the 
the the the the thing the salat people if they knew what it, what what was in it they would be excited about it the rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam literally taught the sahaba radhiyallahu anhum to fulfill their needs from allah ta'ala through this salat uh, and the person who knows how to pray correctly they'll get a lot done through it uh, i've been in a lot of weird situations and i'm not the guy who's like you know who's going to say like yeah my uh, relationship with allah ta'ala is so tight that i just i'm doing what i'm supposed to anyway and stuff happens on its own sometimes a person should have been praying and they don't and allah will send you such a problem that confounds you and then you're like yeah allah i'm sorry i shouldn't have been i should have been doing this all along but you know please help me <laughs> i'm in a jam <laughs> and you know guess what it, it works it helps uh, uh, and so I mentioned this in the Aqidah, in the Aqidah uh, Darsa as well. Maybe a lot of the things that I mention are mentioned there. Uh, and it's because the pieces of the puzzle fit together. You know, your deen shouldn't be segmented. Your, your tasawwuf should fit with your Aqidah. Otherwise, something's wrong. Uh, but uh, 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 I mentioned that, that the Salat, the, 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 the Sahaba radiallahu anhum through two rakahs of Salat used to Many things used to happen. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, he, uh, <clears throat> he, he used to tell his commanders that uh, uh, look the night before battle um, in the tents who is, who is reading Quran, who's making dhikr, and who's praying. And the one who's like sleeping or is heedless, kick them out of the army because it's there because of them that you're going to lose the battle tomorrow. Now, if it was someone, one of us, we could all be praying to Hajjah the whole night. We're still <laughs> we're gonna lose for other reasons, <laughs> but those people knew what they were doing. Did Sayyidina Omar lose battle? Did he ever send an army and they got they got repelled and ran back to Medina uh, 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 defeated, or uh, they got cut to the ground and uh, uh, buried in the in the battlefield? Absolutely not. They, they never lost. They never lost. Uh, uh, and so there was something they knew that they were using. In that, that he used to say that, that that was his thing. He didn't say, you know, get a full night's sleep because the battle is going to be harsh or difficult. No. He said, you know, get get your people in that zone. Get your people in the zone with Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala will take care of everything the next day. And they literally perform superhuman feats. Um, and uh, it's everything. It's not just that. It's as a mother for her children. It's a person for their other needs in, in their life. There's a programmer. A brother was a programmer who uh, now he's a consultant and actually makes far more money than he used to. But he, I met him, he was in Seattle. He used to, uh, he was a, a consultant for Boeing. When Boeing was designing 787, the Dreamliner, um, they, they, uh, uh, they designed the whole plane on, uh, uh, by computer first before building anything uh, so as to work out, uh, 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 work out issues all uh, electronically without ha having to actually invest in, in, uh, um, in, in material stuff, you know, to, for efficiency purposes to save money. So one can imagine that that, uh, uh, um, that, that design is, or so that design software is like r remarkably sophisticated. So this brother, his job was what? His job was to look through other people's code when the software wasn't working properly and in order to fix where their code went wrong. And so that's nobody, very few programmers like doing that. Why? Because you have to get into someone else's head, understand their logic, and then see where they themselves weren't able to apply their own logic improperly. It's a very tedious job. But he would get paid $500 an hour to do that, which, you know, sounds a pretty sweet gig. Uh, uh, and, you know, and that was 2008, so inflation and stuff like that is probably more, you know, more like whatever, six, $700 an hour now. 
um, he he had that job. I said, you must be some kind of genius. He's a sheikh. I'm not, I don't know anything except for I got the job somehow. And so they'll send me something and I'll look at it up, down, left, right, go through the whole thing. And I'll become frustrated that what am I going to do with this? And then I'll go and pray two rakahs. I'll make wudu, pray two rakahs, and then I'll go back at my workstation and then the thing will start opening up to me. Um, and so, you know, everybody's like, whenever I tell that story, everyone's like, oh, yo, dude, I'm going to read some namaz now, man. $500 an hour is pretty sweet. <laughs> so imagine if that's what Allah Ta'ala gives a person in this world, you know, the, the real reward is in the akhirah. Uh, so that's, that's what that is. An Sayyidina Abi Hurairata radiyallahu anhu qala sami'atu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqulu ara'aytum law anna nahran bi babi ahadikum yagtasilu minhu kulla yawmin خمس مرات هل يبقى من درنه شيء قالوا لا يبقى من درنه شيء قال فذلك مثل الصلوات الخمس يمحو الله بهن الخطايا متفق عليه the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم Sayyidina Abu Huraira رضي الله عنه narrates that he said I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa say. So Sayyidina Abu Huraira is saying that I'm not transmitting this from another Sahabi. Rather, I myself heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa say, uh, Have you not seen if a river was flowing in front of the door of one of you? And so this is what, this is uh, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa saying to the, the, the peninsular Arabs. There's no rivers flowing through the Arabian Peninsula. There's, I guess, a, a couple of them in the extreme southern tip, and there's some in the extreme north. But the part of the, 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 the Arabian Peninsula that they're in, for hundreds of miles around, there's no river. So it must have been amazing for them. And people used to fight and kill each other over wells for centuries even after that. So imagine, uh, imagine what, what does that mean, that a river is flowing at your door? Uh, what would it have meant to them? We have, like, running water in the house, uh, uh, so it's a little bit uh, less dramatic. But uh, people, for example, people used to die in Hajj. They used to die from, from thirst. Just walking between like Mina Arafat. Not, not just coming and going through the peninsula. That's hard enough. Just walking through the Manasik, uh, uh, the rites of Hajj. While Hajj is going on itself, they would die of thirst. Uh, uh, so much so that there's, you can see that when you guys go, inshallah, you can see there's like a tour. There's an old... Uh, 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 medieval uh, aqueduct system that was built by Zubeda, the the wife uh, of the pious wife of Harun al-Rashid. That when she heard that people would like die of thirst in Hajj, um, she uh, basically spent all the money that she had uh, uh, in in uh, uh, her own personal money. She spent it, and she hired a team of engineers from Iraq to find what's the closest source of water and build an aqueduct system that ran only on gravity. Um, that would that would run across from Makkah Mukarramah to uh, 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 to the uh, Arafat, which is you know it's like an eight mile, thirteen miles, something like thirteen miles away or something like that. I think from the from the Kaaba, there should be an aqueduct system that runs, and it has like every 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 so often there's like a spigot that you can open it up and get get water out of it, um, and that. Uh, that that system, she paid her engineers and workers to to do that piece by piece. As she got the money from the income from her properties, she would should pay for part of it to be complete. I think it took something like thirteen years or something like that to to complete. 
And it said, Allahu Alam, maybe it's like a rhetorical flourish of the storytellers that at the end of it, the chief engineer of the project, he prepared an expense report over all of those years, how much everything cost and how much, you know, like for oversight purposes that he prepared the entire report and gave it to her. And uh, uh, she said uh, that uh, she said she took it and she didn't open it. She threw it into the river and she said, inshallah, we'll read this report on the day of judgment. Um, so... That's how people used to do things, mashallah, uh, in the ummah. Um, Allah Ta'ala bring people, inshallah, who do things like that again. Um, so he says that, so that this is a, a very incredible thing, you know, for him to mention to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. That he said that, they, uh, uh, have you, do you not see if a river were to be flowing in front of, uh, in front, in front of the door to one of your homes? And you bathed in it uh, five times every day. That these are people that, you know, oftentimes Jumu'ah is the only time that they, they took a bath. And even that, that was difficult for them to get the water and things like that. It was something they did as a matter of deen. Uh, it wasn't easy for them. So that person who's bathing once a week, uh, some of them, uh, for them to think about like bathing five times a day, uh, it's, it's very difficult for them to think about. That uh, if a person like were to bathe uh, five five times daily, would that person would there be any wasakh? Would there be any grime or grit or dirt left on that person? And they said no. Uh, none of that person's grime would be, no, no no grime would be left on that person. And he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that that's the likeness of the five prayers. Allah Taala through them will efface a, a person's sins. said the likeness of the five daily prayers is like a, a deep or vast uh, uh, running river uh, that, that crosses the, uh, the, the threshold or the door of one of you and you uh, bathe in it uh, five times daily. Uh, it is narrated by, uh, by, by Muslim. And so that river, it doesn't just mean cleanliness. There's so much in it. There's a, it's a river of what? Uh, it's a river, not only just to cleanliness, the cleanliness is part of it. Water, the only thing, what you do with water is more than just clean yourself. You drink it and it, it uh, uh, you know, it, it gives you life. And so like that, the first effect of the prayer is the forgiveness. Then afterward, there's imdad, you receive, uh, you're infused with, with the divine help, with the divine aid uh, through that, uh, through that, uh, uh, through that prayer. That's what you're getting your help from Allah Ta'ala through. And a person should, this is one of the muraqabat, one of the meditations that a person should engage their mind with and engage their heart with when they're prayer, praying. That through this salat, through this prayer, the 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 the, the faith is coming from Allah Ta'ala. The word faith is actually used a lot in the discourse of the, 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 the Sufiya. And by the time it gets to the subcontinent, it turns into phase like Adnan phase. Allah Ta'ala help him in his studies. Uh, 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 but it's fable with a bad. Fable literally means like for something to outpour, to flow. Fada yafidu, tafidu, aynahu, minat dami'i hazanan. Right? Fable means for something to pour out into, you know, to, to flow. 
So that's what the Salat is. The Salat has its own faith. Uh, it has a spiritual outpouring of the divine grace that a person receives from it. But again, if you lock the doors to your heart, you know the river can be running. Uh, uh, the river can be running uh, uh, in front of your door five times daily. If you lock the door and sit inside your house, you can be uh, you know you can be the dirtiest uh, uh, dog in the uh, on the street, um, and it's not going to help you. You have to open your doors uh, uh, to your heart and let that let let that faith in. Let it flow through you and clean whatever is there. And uh, uh, you have to bathe in it. You have to drink it. You have to imbibe it. And take the madad of Allah Taala from it, but a person should feel that when they when they pray. Uh, part of it is what is that? Like I like I said, that the river is there. That's the hard part. So many people, their door is there, but there's it's all just barren. The river is there. Now you have to open the door, and you have to you have to bathe in it. You have to drink from it yourself. So that's what a person should imagine, and not imagine as in like fake, make up something fake, but as in that that's how they have to set their mind up and their heart up is that they should also. Accept that, that and, and behold, bear witness to that, uh, uh, that, that uh, outpouring and effluence of divine grace that happens in the Salat uh, as a point of Iman, that this is helping me more than anything else is helping me. This is helping me more than my studies, more than my money, more than my job, more than my, my passport, more than any of these things. Um, and that's something I guess people have taken, eh? People have been, become very maghrur and very uh, deceived by uh, and uh, I forgot what, what it was. One of the Mashaikh, someone sent a quote that one of the Mashaikh said that a person, if you want to know what they worship, look at what they, when they're in trouble, it's the first thing that they think of. Like, should I grab my wallet? Should I call so-and-so, you know? So uh, 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 so this Salat, you should have a tasawwur inside of your heart that this Salat is a great vehicle of help from Allah Ta'ala. If you don't believe that about the Salat, then you're just crippling your own Salat. You're just crippling it. You're cutting it off. You're 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 cutting yourself off from benefit from it. Otherwise, there's supernatural amount of benefit that a person can get from it if they, if they accept it and they embrace and they embrace what what it is. Obviously, if you're gonna get a supernatural amount of benefit from it, you're not gonna you know if you have that mindset mentality, you're not gonna pray like you know like, you know, maghrib is just like you do a quick hat trick and then run back to work. You're thinking about your uh, job and you're thinking about this and that while you're, you're not going to do that right um so that's where the khushu comes from the khushu is not like oh i'm 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 i'm, I'm not super pious yet so i can't be that humble in the prayer no all of us need it the pious ones are not the ones who are like perfect angels and then they pray and then their prayer is pious rather the person who's most uh, beholden to their need and at the same time, most beholden to the, the, the benefit of the prayer, that person in their prayer is going to be pretty pious prayer. Whereas a person who, in that sense, sinners are at an advantage because, you, you know, if you've done a lot of dumb stuff in your life, then you, you're beholden to your need even more than, than, than another person is. And some people, this is a problem that if they're so pious, then they have a difficult time uh, being humble. Uh, so, mashallah, that's Allah Ta'ala gave us a leg up. People like me, we got a head start on this because, yeah. We have a lot to feel. Uh, we have a lot to feel humble, humble about. Mashallah. One said, "Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu taala anhu, an rajulun asaba min imra'atin qublatan. Fa'ata al-Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fa akhbarahu fa anzal Allahu taala aqim al-salat al-tarafayn nahari wa zulufan min al-layl. Inna al-hasanat yudhibn al-siyat. Surah al-Hud. Fa'qala a uh, 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 uh,
قال لجميع أمتي كلهم متفق عليه So uh, uh, Sayyidina Abdullah bin Mas'ud who narrates that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said that a man had stolen a kiss uh, from a woman and from the siyak of the hadith she's not his wife. Obviously none of you gentlemen would ever do something like that but uh, 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 this man he kissed a woman that he was probably not supposed to and then he felt really bad he went to the Prophet sallallahu and asked him what's going on. So from the from the from the siyak of the hadith also it's not it was something consensual it wasn't like he uh, uh, you know whatever uh, he forced himself upon her but a man a woman you know they were into each other so they kissed one another and, uh, uh, and then he felt really bad he felt real crummy about it cuz he knew he wasn't supposed to do it. Uh, and again, present company is obviously far too pious for these things, but you'd be surprised people come with like, you know, like, oh, Sheikh, you know, I did this and that, what am I going to do? I'm going to hell, blah, blah, blah. And so this is one of the beautiful things about the Sahaba, عنهم, they were real people. And so when these things happen to them, uh, if you read in, through the hadith and you read through the narrations of the Sahaba, even after the Prophet ﷺ passed away, that they had to deal with these things as well. What are we supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I, I, I stole a kiss from, from, from a woman uh, that I wasn't supposed to. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, what do I do now? And uh, it was at that occasion that Allah Ta'ala sent down uh, the following verses of Surah Hud that established the prayer and the two sides of the day, meaning uh, before the sun rises and before the sun sets. Establish the prayer in the two parts of the day and some some moments of the night. Uh, indeed, good deeds will drive away uh, drive away evil ones. In al hasanati When a person does something bad, everyone does bad things from now now and again, like not listening to your mama, etc. Uh, when a person does something bad, then uh, if you want Allah's forgiveness and if you want Allah to set your life straight then do something good. So this, this man, he kissed a woman that he wasn't supposed to kiss. And so uh, Allah Ta'ala, he asked the Prophet ﷺ, what, what should I do? And it's the same job for both of them, the man and the woman, that uh, established the prayer uh, uh, in the two part, sides of the day and some, some moments in the night. So, uh, uh, indeed, good deeds will drive away and cast out evil ones. In hasanat yudhibna sayyat. It's good. Pray your salat. Pray some some uh, your your sunnahs. Pray some nawafil. Allah Taala made these these things for those. And this is this is this is uh, uh, This is we'll read it in the context of the next hadith as well. But this is a great blessing and mercy from Allah Taala. If someone does something bad, then they should do something good. So it it should at least balance it out in the scale pans, uh, as an intermediate way of coping with sin before you can give it up. The ideal is to give it up and make and repent for it, but this is also part of the the stepping stone to getting to that point because that point is not that easy for everybody. Uh, certain sins are, are are you can give them up very easily, uh, but the ones that are that you can't at least you should counterbalance them with some good deed. That if someone does something, uh, you know, uh, that they should they should do something else in, in exchange for it, especially those things that are addictions and things like that that are not easy to get get rid of so fast. Bad habits. Uh, at least a person should be constantly thinking about how to balance them out in the scale pans as an intermediate step toward getting rid of them. But this uh, salat is also, in that sense, a great vehicle of help from Allah, Allah Ta'ala, in order to 
in order to uh, uh, get to the point where a person can give the sin up and counteract its its evil uh, its evil qualities. And in that sense, the salat is a, a, again another uh, sense that in in which it's a great gift and blessing from Allah Taala. وعن سيدنا أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال الصلوات الخمس والجمعة إلى الجمعة كفارة لما بينهن ما لم تغش الكبائر رواه مسلم that the salat سيدنا أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه narrates that the salat the five daily prayers and from one Jumu'ah to the next is a, an expiation for those sins that are that, that come between them, meaning between each of the five prayers and uh, be, from Jumu'ah to Jumu'ah. As long as a person is not, uh, 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 a person is not uh, uh, engulfed by the major sins. So the major sins are those sins that are mentioned in the Qur'an that uh, uh, are they're, they're mentioned with emphasis in the Quran or in the Hadith with emphasis or with the threat of a particular punishment or uh, uh, mentioned again and again. Uh, those sins are like zina, murder, theft, lying, backbiting, etc. Um, so other than those, there are a number of sins that are considered to be from the Sagha'ir, that they're sins against Allah Ta'ala. A person knows that they're not right. But they're not necessarily they're not necessarily uh, those sins that are repeatedly mentioned in the uh, in the book of Allah Taala mentioned with such emphasis like riba transacting riba Allah Taala says fathim biharbin min Allahi wa rasulihi that a person should take the notice of war from Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alaihi those are the kabair those are the major sins there are a number of sins a person doing something that they know that they're supposed to not do. Uh, uh, or they have a feeling that this is not the haq of Allah Ta'ala is I shouldn't be doing this or I shouldn't be behaving this way. Um, those sins are, are, are forgiven through the salat when it's, per, when, it's, when it's properly performed and from Jumu'ah to Jumu'ah and from Ramadan to Ramadan and in Hajj, etc. As for the kaba'ir, as for the, the major sins, they are, they, a person has to then repent from them. But in the repentance from the major sins, uh, a person will have the minor sins forgiven as well. And if a person doesn't repent from the major sins, then the minor sins also they stay on the docket, that a person is eligible to be punished for them. And so the idea is that the minor sins are all, they're minor in the sense that they're not uh, mentioned as much, but they may be the greater portion of a person's sins. They're forgiven from salat to salat. Uh, and if a person is, finds themselves involved in one of the major sins, then let them repent from it so that the minor sins are again eligible for forgiveness through the prayer. And so this is comes back to something that we mentioned with regards to the, the previous hadith, the uh, qubla, the the person the person who stole a kiss from from a woman, um, which is what like for example zina in general, right? Uh, the actual act of intercourse obviously is a major sin, but there are many muqaddimat, there are many uh, 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 things that are like a prelude toward it, um, in escalation from things that are pretty much not leaving a whole lot to the imagination between uh, the two partners, uh, all the way to just, you know, kind of flirtatious exchange of, of, of words or texts or whatever, uh, WhatsApps or whatever people do nowadays, uh, um, that the modern sensibility is what is that these are victimless crimes. That what if two consenting adults uh, participate in these things, then they're victimless crimes. Uh, and we'll say what? We'll say, look, 
the creation has a right and the creator has a right. Just because the creation waves their right doesn't mean that the creator's right is waived. Uh, and so that's the, the idea in this is that, that uh, the reason I clarified that it's that the, the kiss was from the siyak of the hadith it's consensual why because a person actually like forced himself on another woman the, the sin becomes qualitatively different the salat is not going to get that forgiven if a person did something like that they forced themselves or they abused another person whether it's a man or a woman and whether the abuser is a man or a woman uh, 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 and unfortunately in our community we've seen examples of all of those permutations that in any one of those cases the salat itself is not going to get it forgiven Rather, if it's consensual, then it will be forgiven uh, 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 through the salat, so long as a person doesn't, you know, doesn't habitually return to it. Because the ulama mentioned that even those sagair, those minor sins that a person makes a habit of or certain a person casts off, it becomes a kabira, it becomes a major sin through a person taking it lightly. Uh, and then if it actually becomes some sort of zina, or if there's an element of abuse in it, where one person abuses another uh, and takes away their haq, their right, then then it takes on other dimensions that not only it requires tawbah to Allah Ta'ala, it also requires restitution. That that person either has to forgive you explicitly or uh, uh, or uh, some sort of, uh, uh, if they don't forgive you on their own, if they forgive you on their own, then it, it stops right there. If they don't forgive you on their own, then some sort of court or criminal proceeding or arbitration has to happen, whatever judgment comes down through that, that judgment comes down. Even then, sometimes the judgment comes down, for example, a, a person accuses another person of abuse, and because of a lack of evidence, there's no conviction there. In that case, a person shouldn't think that, oh, look, I'm off scot-free because I wasn't convicted for it. That case then gets kicked to the court of the hereafter. It's in all of our best interest to settle these things in this world. Because there is no... Uh, there is no uh, uh, punishment in this world which will rival the punishments of that, that side. There are punishments on that side that for relatively minor sins that a person will think it would have been easier just for me to get the death penalty in the dunya. And that doesn't have anything to do with uh, those things that are even, even greater than that in, in magnitude. Uh, so uh, I, I wanted to, the, I, 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 I skipped mention of this when we were talking about the hadith of the Qubla because uh, uh, this, uh, this, this, but uh, I think, uh, I think uh, mama is there, go, go sit with your sisters. So the, uh, uh, the idea is what is that, uh, I skipped the mention, why? Because the, the mention of Malam Tughshal Kaba'ir. Uh, uh, is there in the next hadith that this is for those things? For example, if two consensual people did something that fell, fell short of zina, and then they, 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 they didn't want to go, or they, they, they realized that was bad, and they pulled back from, from, from continuing it or from escalating it. That's the thing that the salat will, will, will get, uh, will get forgiven. Not that you keep committing zina and then just khalas. I'm praying my five daily prayers. Why? Because that's a major sin. And not, okay, so I'm not committing zina, I just kissed a girl. But like, you did it against her will, or like you somehow like, you know, it's like some sort of molestation or whatever. That's not what's meant by it either. Uh, just so a person, just so a person knows and they understand it there, they're clear about that. Consuming pork and drinking alcohol are the, in the kaba'ir. Um... So I don't want to get into this issue of what's a kabira and what's a sagira because if I start mentioning things, people are going to be like, oh, okay, cool, you know? So, and just the thought of, oh, okay, cool, that actually will kick the sin into the kabira bucket anyway, right? So the fact, or so the, the, the long and short of that issue is what? 
go attend a fiqh dars for that. If you want to, you can attend Maliki fiqh, the fiqh of Ahl Madina, you know, the hadith of Tirmidhi that a day will come where the people beat the backs of their camels in the east and in the west, and they won't find anybody who has no more knowledge than the alim of Medina. It's Malik. Rahimahullah <laughs> ta'ala. So that's fine. Or if you want to, mashallah, you have all these big dars that are teaching the wonderful uh, Hanafi madhab that we love so much, um, that we really do love so much, mashallah. And you can go learn it from them or any of the other, you know, the Hanbali or the Shafi'i madhab or whatever. Or you can go study hadith and, you know, Arabic and whatever for the next like 30 years and excel in all of them, become mujtahid, and then we'll come learn from you. Uh, but uh, so you, you can take all those other durus. This is not necessarily a fiqh dar, so I don't want to get into it. Um, and I don't, I don't want to mention certain things because... Uh, people, unfortunately, I know that what their disposition is nowadays, they're going to be like, oh, look, that means X, Y, Z is not so bad. And just the idea that anything, anything that you know Allah Ta'ala doesn't like and to think, oh, that's not a big deal, that actually will automatically make that into that thing into a kabira, into a enormity. Not necessarily because legally it is an enormity, but because you have made istiqlal fi sha'nillahi tabarak wa ta'ala, that you've made taqlil, I should say, fi sha'nillahi tabarak wa ta'ala, that you've somehow like reduced uh, you know what your uh, the way you should be dealing with him in his greatness and in his majesty uh, which is highly problematic but yes drinking alcohol and eating pork are 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 uh, kabair their major sins the last chapter the last hadith of the bab inshallah uh, and said uthman Uthman ibn Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan radiyallahu ta'ala anhu qala sami'tu rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam yaqulu the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa say that there is no Muslim person, man or woman, no Muslim person um, who uh, the time of the uh, fard prayer uh, 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 comes to. And then that person will make a beautiful wudu and beautiful uh, 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 awe and reverence in their prayer. And they will pray the raka'at in a beautiful way except for uh, that prayer will be an expiation for that person uh, for all the sins that came before as long as that person doesn't uh, as, that, as long as that person isn't uh, 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 performing major sins the kabair uh, and that has to that, that's all all time meaning you pray a salat now and it will expiate for all of your sins that came before uh, as long as as long as the person was alive, but the exception is what if you're doing the major sins and you're not repenting from it, then uh, then the, then that deal is off. That deal is off. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala give us tawfiq uh, to pray and give us forgiveness and and for us uh, those of us who are mubtala and afflicted with the major sins, give us the strength uh, to to leave it and give us something better. Uh, to console us uh, uh, for then what whatever we give up in this world and the hereafter and uh, 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 close the doors to anything that will uh, lose uh, his love for us from us 
وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين